Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Father, we give you worship. Lord, we come to give you thanks and praise and glory and honor. You are our redeemer. You're our glory and the lifter of our head. (sighs) Our glorious Father. Lord, truly enlighten the eyes of our understanding and the knowledge of you. Lord, when we see you, we, we see light. And Lord, we understand, God. Lord, we give you worship. In your light, we see light. So enlighten the eyes of our understanding. God, we come to seek your face, knowing that you are so good and it's your delight to reveal yourself to us in ever-increasing ways. Father, we ask that you'd stretch forth your hand to heal and to do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I have a prophetic word for you. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you with this word tonight, that he specifically has you listening right now because he wants to speak to your heart. So if you would turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30, we're going to start at verse 1. Hallelujah. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam at the Jezreelitess and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. It's a really interesting story. These guys had actually been marching for two days. They had had no sleep. They had been rejected not only by Saul and hunted by Saul. They were then rejected by the Philistines, came back having been completely rejected to the place where they were camped to find that everything they owned and all their families were taken and the city had been burned. And so even the ones closest to David at that point were beyond the ability to have hope. They started talking about stoning David which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but when you're really tired and really discouraged, you can make some pretty silly decisions. And I've thought about this. You know, I really believe that we are in a season where the Lord is about to do something so new, 
something glorious. And there's been a lot of people that have been in a season of pressing, where you have been feeling like you've been pressed on a whole lot of sides. Well, David was just about, soon after this story, was just about to go and recover all and then be crowned king over Judah. It was just before his promotion. He came to a place where he had lost everything, where everybody, every person was gone. He had no one to lean on and he strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, I believe that when you come to a place where you recognize, though no one come with me, though none go with me, I will bless him. I will follow the Lord. When you come to the place where you find him as your strength, you find something that you have for the rest of your life and that no one can ever take from you. In a place where you feel pressed, discouraged, rejected, surrounded, you have a choice either to crumble and have a tantrum or to let the promises of God and what you know about his goodness and his faithfulness go down deep into your spirit and become like iron in your soul. You know, the Bible talks about Joseph. He had a word from the Lord. He had a dream that the Lord had given him about how he was going to be in a position of great power. And yet the Bible says that until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word tested him and it became like iron in his soul. In fact, the irons around his wrists and his ankles, they entered into his soul in that he became solid in that even though all these circumstances are going on, I am resolute in my belief that the, the Lord is faithful. And you have, a, you have a choice in difficult circumstances, either to crumble, to mumble, to groan and to complain and then start looking for someone to blame, which is what all of the other mighty men did. They're like, okay, I feel bad. Let's blame someone. Let's blame David. Let's stone him. Didn't make logical sense, but it felt good to have someone to blame. You know, when you're going through a difficult circumstance, it can feel really good to have someone to be the focus of your anger. You see it happen so often in society. Who can be the scapegoat? Who can we blame? But you know what? There is another choice. Instead of looking for someone to get angry at and to pour out your anger and to blame, you can look to the one who wants to be your glory and the lifter of your head, who wants to strengthen you and who wants to let you become so entwined with him that you find a strength that no one can take away from you. It's the same strength that Stephen had when he was being stoned. He was being accused, falsely accused. They were throwing stones to kill him. And the Bible says that his face shone like that of an angel as he was saying, I see Jesus. 
he found something that when everything and everyone was against him, he had a strength that no one could take away from him. You know, so I want to talk a little bit about what it looks like to strengthen yourself in the Lord and to hold on to him in a way that sets you free from the bondage of fear that would try to cripple you. You know, when it, we sing the song, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Hallelujah. Michael W. Smith is such good words. But the truth is, when we feel surrounded, we need to get so aware of the reality of the presence of God. I remember years and years ago, um, Tom had to have a, an operation. And I was just a new bride and I was nervous. And I didn't, I was really uncomfortable about him having an operation. And I was in the waiting room waiting for him. And I opened up a, you know, a magazine that they have in the waiting room. And I just read this random article. And it happened to be a little article. Um, I think actually written by a minister is just like in a women's magazine. So praise the Lord that I didn't read about somebody else's gossip. But I read this little article and it was telling the story of a little girl in a big crowd and just feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the crowd. She reached up to find her father's hand and as soon as she had her father's hand, everything was okay. And the Lord spoke to me right in that moment. He said, just hold my hand. <sighs> and I did. And I've been doing it ever since. Hallelujah. Because when you feel like you're surrounded, the Father wants you to know that you are not alone. Even though it may look like everybody and everything is against you, that there's no one you can talk to, that you feel completely alone in the middle of the night when things are scary. There is someone who is longing to be your comforter, longing to be your help. And he is saying, just come and hold my hand. You say, well, where is that in the scripture? It's in there, hallelujah. Shunday. Isaiah. 41 verse 10 says this, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. He'll put his arm around you. He'll walk with you. He'll talk with you. And he'll say, I will take care of you. You know, I've had seasons in my life where the enemy has tried very hard to intimidate me, to make me very afraid. And in the natural, have had genuinely good reason to be afraid. But I have found in every situation, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Father is right there saying, fear not, fear not. I'm here to uphold you with my righteous right hand. Just reach up, here I am. 
When you're feeling a little bit surrounded, when you're feeling a little bit intimidated, just hold my hand. Hallelujah. I had a situation quite a few years ago where I received a diagnosis that scared me, really scared me. In fact, it was the C word, cancer. And that night, I had attacks from the enemy where he was coming and I heard them saying, we're going to kill you. In the middle of the night, and I was genuinely scared. I was genuinely scared. But I tell you, in the middle of your scariest moment, the Holy Spirit's there saying, fear not. Fear not. Praise the Lord. I was It was found very early and I didn't have to go through the scary treatments that others have had to go through and and God delivered me. Praise the Lord. But afterwards, for a year or more afterwards, I I still had bouts of fear. They would come and go when tests had come and I'd have to have a check or an annual check. I'd be nervous, I'd be worried, I'd be fearful and then the Holy Spirit would come and he'd remind me I sent my word and I healed you. I've told you, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You are the healed of the Lord. He'd speak to me in dreams and he'd come and comfort me in my dreams and I'd wake up happy. He was so kind and so so tender in the way that he would talk to me. He, He wouldn't say, well, I told you you're healed. Why are you worried? He'd just say it again. He'd whisper it in another wonderful way. He'd speak to me through the word. He'd remind me to go back to my journal. Remember that dream? Remember that dream? Remember that word? Oh, thank you, Daddy. Hold your hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Daddy. But also, one of the other things that happened was I started to get really nervous about everything I ate. I was always thinking, well, maybe something I was eating caused it. So they tell you, don't eat this and don't eat that and don't eat this. And the problem is they keep changing their mind. So you think you're doing the right thing and then they find something else. And, and then the, the doctor says, don't worry about it. Everything on the earth gives you cancer. I was like, oh, shit. they said, you'd actually have to live on another planet to avoid it. And I'm like, oh. And so every time I was putting something in my mouth, I was thinking, is this causing me cancer? Uh, every time I put something in my mouth, I'm eating this to avoid getting that again. And so three times a day, well, actually, to be honest, probably six to eight times a day, because that's how often I eat, hallelujah. Every time I put something in my mouth, I would subconsciously think, I'm eating this to avoid cancer, or, or I hope this is okay. And it was a horrible way to live, because instead of being focused on, oh, Hallelujah, how wonderful he is. I was focused on, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm I'm doing this because I'm avoiding this. And so praise the Lord in his kindness. One night the Lord gave me a dream. In my dream, because I was becoming obsessive, don't eat this, don't eat that, got really skinny. And as I I went to sleep that night, the Lord just gave me this very unusual dream. Who believes that the Lord speaks to you in dreams? So in my dream, Jesus was cooking for me. He was cooking me breakfast. And it was such a happy day. 
But here's the funny thing. He was cooking over an open fire in plastic. In the natural, you'd go, that's so carcinogenic and so silly. No. But in the dream, I didn't even like consider that. I was like, oh, well, Jesus is here. Like, the rules don't apply. Hallelujah. I had that feeling. Do you remember when you were at school and your parents would come in the middle of the day for like a dentist appointment or a family occasion and you got to leave school early while everyone else got to stay there? It was like when your parents turned up in the middle of the day, suddenly the rules don't apply to you. It's like, bye everybody. That was exactly the feeling that I had in the dream. The rules don't apply to me. Now, understand, I am not suggesting that you cook in plastic. I am not suggesting that you be silly and don't take care of the temple that God has given you. It's good to eat wisely. But I was more than trying to eat wisely. I was beset by fear. And when I woke up and the Lord began to speak to me, he delivered me from all of my fear. And I was just able to enjoy everything in moderation. Praise the Lord. I love my food. Hallelujah. Because I realized the rules don't apply when I hold his hand. What happens is when I hold the hand of God, I actually am walking in a higher reality. That if my circumstances say, be afraid, be very afraid, be afraid, I can say, <laughs> that's my father. I'm with him. He's taking care of me. Hallelujah. Sometimes we read, strengthen yourself in the Lord. And we go, okay, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm strengthening myself in the Lord. I'm trying to say, God, 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 God. I want to strengthen myself in the Lord. But oh, who can I ring? Who can I call? Nobody's home. What am I going to do? I want to help you. I believe the Lord wants this word to be more than just an instruction that you think, yes, I should do that, I should do that, I should do that, and become more of a reality that, oh, this is what I can do. This is how I do that. You know, when you are asked, when you're in a situation where you hear the Lord say, come, 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 and you recognize, I need to strengthen myself in the Lord. I feel, like I, I'm, I feel like I'm all alone, but that's a lie. You are here with me. The way that I strengthen myself, I, I do several things. I'll reach up and I'll consciously hold his hand. I often go walking, holding his hand. I often go outside and I consciously make myself aware that I'm holding the hand of my father, that his hand is around me. His righteous right hand is upholding me. I walk and talk with him, not as a figment of my imagination, but a reality that you walk with me, you talk with me, and you comfort me in ways that is more wonderful than any human can give me. You, you uphold me, you, you affirm me, you encourage me, and your words aren't just hopeful wishes, your words are righteous realities. 
Hallelujah. Your words are more faithful than the, the most faithful person you know. He is faithfulness personified. He cannot lie. And when he speaks, it's not, you know, comfort that is surface. It goes so deep that it delivers you from all your fear. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Hallelujah. You know, the other temptation was to try to work out, what did I do wrong that I got that sickness? And then I try to turn myself inside out. What did I do? What did I do? Where did I open the door? What did I do? What did I do? What's the cause? What's the cause? I remember first year having to go and um, get the annual checkup. I was like, what's the cause, God? You know, just what was the cause? I just, if you could just tell me the cause, and I can make sure that I don't do that again, and that would help, just talk to me. And the Lord spoke so clearly. I was walking, I was talking to him, I was holding his hand, and I was having this conversation. He says, there is no cause. So what do you mean? He says, a curse without a cause cannot find a rest. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Instead of asking, why, God, why? He said, just ask me who, who am I? I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am your deliverer. The enemy hates you. He afflicts you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come to give you life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. People struggle with it. They go, why is this happening? Why is that happening to that person? We get all puffed up with our knowledge, but we forget that the enemy is the author of sickness. The enemy is the author of affliction. When people are going through a hard time, well, why is that terrible circumstance? Why is that financial situation happening to them? Why is this? Why is that? We as Christians can sometimes be so cruel in trying to figure out what door did they open? What did they do wrong? When in fact, many are the afflictions of the righteous. It may have been that they were just righteous and the enemy hates them. Yeah. But the good news is that the Lord delivers him from them all. Hallelujah. We can't live holy and righteous enough in our own strength to be able to avoid trouble. In this world, we'll have trouble. But praise the Lord, he has delivered us from all our fears. He is the one who delivers us from all our afflictions. He's the one who delivers us from all our diseases. He's the one who delivers us from all our troubles. If we look to him, he is our help. Hallelujah. God is good. The devil's bad. Hold his hand and he'll bring you out of it. Hallelujah. That's the way it works. He is good. God is good. God is faithful. I want to just read to you this psalm again from Psalm 107. So delightful. So delicious. And it's really interesting. This psalm just is repeating itself, repeating, repeating. The Lord delivers us because he's good. Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Oh, that men, verse eight, would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Hallelujah. He is our deliverer. He is the one who sets us free from affliction, from bondage, and from fear. You know, when you feel afraid, you don't have to be condemned or worried that I don't know why I'm afraid. I used to be afraid of being afraid <laughs> because I read, you know, the thing I feared came upon me and I'm like, oh, I'm afraid. I don't want the thing to come on me. I'm afraid of being afraid. I don't know what to do. I don't know if anybody else has ever thought that, but, but I'm afraid. Oh, I'm afraid of being afraid. I shouldn't be afraid. I'm trying not to be afraid. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. I'm not afraid. Oh, I don't want to be afraid. But when you come to the Lord and you get real and you get honest with him and you say, Lord, this is how I feel. But this is what you say. You say, fear not. So Father, this is what I'm feeling like. I do my verbal processing with God. He's the safest person to do it with. Hallelujah. Lord, this is how I feel. You know who else did this? David. You read the Psalms. He did this all along. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Why did the wicked prosper in that way? I see this, I see that. And he verbally processes with the Lord, but he always comes through. I will hope in God. I would have lost hope if I hadn't believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He who redeems my life from the pit, hallelujah. He who delivers me from all my diseases. He who forgives all my iniquities, my strong deliverer. You read it through the Psalms. It's, it's David processing with God about things that have been coming against him and how he's feeling. He talks to the Lord as his best friend. I can tell you everything because you know it all anyway. So here it is. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. I'm inviting you. Speak truth to me. Speak truth to me. You know what? The Holy Spirit is here to speak truth to your soul. Every day you have a choice to be paralytic in your fear and to medicate it with all sorts of different ways. Some people medicate it with drugs. Some people medicate it with Netflix. <laughs> oh, just watch a season of Netflix if I don't have to think. But the problem is when it finishes, the fear is still there. But the Father has a far better solution. He wants to come and he wants to deliver you with truth. They shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free. You know who the truth is? He's a person. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. His name is Jesus. 
and you can come to Him and say, Jesus, you made a way that I could approach the Father. You made a way by becoming sin so I could become righteous. You've made a way for me to be able to come into the presence of our Holy Father without fear, without shame, knowing that my sin has been forgiven, my iniquity's been taken away, and I come to you, Father, to be your family, to be your child, and know that I can find help in my time of need. You are my ever-present help in time of need, and my time of need is all the time. (laughs) And the Father doesn't look at you and get frustrated and think, oh, that woman is so needy. He looks at me, he goes, "Mm, this is my girl. And he looks at you every time you come to him and you satisfy a longing in his soul to be your great hero. You satisfy a longing in his soul to be your father who wants to take care of you. You satisfy a longing in his soul to show himself strong on your behalf, to fill you with truth so that you can stand up and not be a victim, but a manifestation of the power of God himself to see other captives set free. Hallelujah. He wants to put a sword in your hand. He wants to put a light in your eyes. And he wants to take you when it looks absolutely hopeless and demonstrate his miraculous, glorious power through you. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your ever-present help. You know, right now, I just believe there's people here that you are hearing this word and you're thinking, I, that's exactly me. I know this because the Lord told me this afternoon that there's people who are here now, there's people watching, that you've been in a situation where you're feeling surrounded. You're feeling, like Chris Ballanton would say, hearing the dogs of fear barking at the door of destiny, trying to intimidate you, trying to discourage you. But I'm telling you, in this new season we've come into, it's more than a season, it's an era we're stepping into. This, is, this year of 5779, I believe is, there is such a shift happening that the Lord is taking people up at a whole new level into a whole new era of freedom, hallelujah, where people are going to walk free from the religious bondages of the past, hallelujah, where they're gonna walk free from fear, where they're gonna walk free from the the mindsets that have kept them uh, in darkness because the glory of the Lord is risen upon them. They're hearing the truth of the gospel and they're believing the words of the Lord and they are walking as the redeemed. All of us groaning and longing, waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. That is, that they would wake up and realize, hmm, (laughs) the rules don't apply to me. I've got my father, my father's in me. I am my father's daughter. I am my father's son, hallelujah. The spirit of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, hallelujah. I am not a victim, but I am an overcomer. And more than that, I have been given all authority from my father to administrate justice in the earth for the glory of the Lord, hallelujah. It's 
the right choice to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Instead of being deceived into thinking that hiding under a doona with pizza and Netflix is gonna fix the problem, or maybe if I find the right person, Maybe there's someone out there that will be my other half. I loved what Mark shared the other week. Wasn't that a good word? Hallelujah, Friday night. You, you are not, you are not a broken part of a person looking for fulfillment in another person. God wants you to wake up and realize you have everything you need, even if it looks like everyone is against you. God is for you. Who can be against you? Hallelujah. Yeah. He is with you. Father, we say thank you. Ha, 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 ha. You know, I just feel a real anointing for deliverance from fear yes. right now. I can feel it. I, I actually, I'd love, Trevor, can I have a microphone? I want you to come and I want you to pray. And I really believe we are going to see some major deliverance from fear happen here tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> here it is. Shababa. <laughs> Trevor, I'm going to ask you to come. And I want you to stand. All of you. And I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. And I'm just going to ask Trev to pray. And then we're gonna pray as the Lord leads. But I, I really feel that there is an anointing here right now to bring deliverance, to bring shift, hallelujah. Shift out of the old ongoing anxiety, fear, worry that has plagued you, that has kept you from sleeping well, that has kept you from living in freedom. I believe that the word of the Lord sent forth is going to deliver you tonight and that as you grab it and say, yes, be it unto me, the Lord is gonna deliver you and set you free, hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.